actually throw the scripture up on the screen this morning. So you can read along there, or you can turn in your Bibles. In the Pew Bible, we'll be on page 848. Unless you have one of the ones that aren't like the others, in which case, I don't know what page, I'm sorry. But we will be in uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, and we'll start in verse 28. So go ahead and stand up, and we will uh, take a look at it together. All right, go ahead and follow along as I read God's word. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that Jesus answered them all well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Let's stay standing while we pray. God, we come before you this morning. Uh, We want to lay aside all the things that we're carrying at your feet, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you have to say to us. Please speak to us through your word, by your Holy Spirit. Please penetrate our hearts, break down walls that we have put up to you this morning. Help our minds to be able to focus. Help our hearts to be able to, to um, just be in tune with you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat. All right, so we're going to use these two commandments uh, that we just read, which according to Jesus, as we just read, are the two greatest commandments in all of the scripture. And we're going to take a look at what we're doing as a church. Our our series for the next two weeks is called Family Rhythms. What are we even doing? So it's going to be a little meta because we're going to talk about what we're talking about. You know, it's I'm going to talk about what I'm doing right now, you know. It's going to be a little little bit introspective, but we want to take a look at our regular rhythms. You know, are they working? Are they valuable? Do they align with our vision, our values, but most importantly, do they align with these two commandments? To love God with all of ourselves and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And the fall is a great time to do this, you know, our life rhythms are getting up and running again. Uh, school's starting for the kiddos. Uh, summer adventures have come and gone. And dare I say it, the rain is coming. <laughs> now, I'm really excited about this two-week series because it won't just be me talking. You know, we're we're going to actually invite and hear from a whole bunch of leaders in our church 
on a wide range of ministries that operate in our family. So what I'm going to do is just set the stage and then get off the stage. So we're going to start with our vision and our values. So Lorenzo, go ahead and throw up our vision. So we covered this in January, and we cover it in our members class, if you've taken that. But let's take a quick look at our church vision and values. So to start with, our vision. And if you're not familiar with sort of mission, vision, values, language, a vision is where you see, well, for a church, it's where you see God taking us, where he is leading us, what he wants to form us into. And so we see him forming us into a family of spirit-filled disciples of Jesus who are committed to Capitol Hill. And then if you're called beyond Capitol Hill, beyond Capitol Hill, (laughs) in truth and love. So this is the overarching picture of what we're doing here. But how are we doing it? So go ahead and throw up our values. Our values are fourfold, but they, they, they're in kind of two pairs. The first two are vertical, and the second two are horizontal. So number one, we're grounded in God's word. But number two, we are attuned to God's spirit. And then number three, we're a loving family. And fourth, we're passionately missional. So today and next week, we're going we're gonna to take a closer look at the specific ways that we are embodying these values and in turn obeying these two commands. And this is as a congregation. This is what we're doing together. You know, we're all called to obey these two commands on our own time you know, in our personal life. You know, we are all called to spiritual disciplines on our own. We're all called to to be grounded in the word. We're all called to be people of prayer. We're all called to love one another as well as to bear witness to what we know and love about Jesus to the world. You know, whatever context you're in, at home, at work, friends, family, But we're also called as a body of believers. We have a corporate duty to obey these commands. And so that's what we're going to look at for the next couple of weeks. And the question we're trying to ask ourselves is, you know, how are we doing this specifically, practically? What does this look like? And so you'll notice that our values are split up into those two pairs. You know, we have vertical values and we have horizontal values. And, of course, all of those overlap, right? You can't love God properly unless you're willing to love your neighbor. And you, you can't be missional with the gospel of Jesus if you haven't experienced the gospel of Jesus for yourself. So all of these values, all of these uh, realities are overlapping. And so... But they correspond to the two greatest commandments. So love God with all of yourself for us means we're grounded in his word and we're attuned to his spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself means we're a loving family 
on the inside, but that love spills out to the outside. And so, you know, we're told to love God. Love the Lord your God, Jesus said, with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind and with all our strength. You know, those are four, four simple words, but that encapsulates everything you are and everything you hold dear and everything you're becoming. And so as a church, this is how we're doing that. This is how we're doing both of those, those commands. And so today we're going to take a closer look at the first two, uh, our vertical values in action. We're going to look at the ministries of our church that hit most closely with that greatest commandment. The number one, the numero uno command from Jesus Christ is to love God with all yourself. And as a side note, notice it doesn't say obey God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's just to love him. So what is God looking for? He's looking for a relationship. And so how are we pursuing that together? What are the family rhythms that we have as a church family that enable us to accomplish this? And so we're going to look at five specific ministries today. We're going to look at our our teaching ministry. We're going to look at our worship and prayer ministries. We're going to look at our home group ministry, as well as our women's discipleship ministry. And you'll notice over the next couple weeks that these ministries, of course, overlap too between loving God and loving our neighbor. Um, And so we'll hear from other ministries, including men's ministry next week. But all of these ministries touch on this single most important command from God. And so I have the honor of kicking things off, and then I'm going to get off the stage. But I'm going to kick things off with one of the primary reasons that we gather together weekly, which is for the teaching of God's Word. You know, how does the teaching ministry of this book connect with the most important commandment? Why is our number one value to be grounded in God's word? Why do we hang everything on this? Well, it's pretty simple. If the, the number one commandment is to love God with all of yourself, you need to know who that God is. You cannot love God with all of yourself unless you know who he is. And that's where this book comes in. You know, God, he is not a feeling. God is not an impersonal force. God is a person. And so the only reason We can know an ounce of who he is, of of what he's like, of what he's done, is because he has chosen to reveal himself to us. Apart from his intentional revealing of himself, we would have no way of even knowing who he is, what he's like. He could have been the watchmaker God who set the watch and walked away. But that's not who he is. But we only know that because he chose to reveal himself. He has revealed himself, yes, also through creation. You know, you walk out this door, you look up, 
you'd be remiss to not at least question or, or believe that there's a God. You know, Paul writes that in Romans 1. He says, God has made it plain to them by the things that were made. And so he's revealed himself generally like, hey, I exist through creation. But it's in his word that he has revealed himself to us personally. We would have no idea what goes on in his mind if he did not show us and tell us. Uh, go ahead and throw up Psalm 119.27. Uh, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's all about the Bible, which is really cool. Every verse talks about the Bible, the word, uh, the commands, all the, all the different ways that the Lord up to that point had revealed himself. But this verse is one of my favorites. It says, Help me understand the meaning of your precepts so that I can meditate on your wonders. I love that. I love that because we don't just read, study, and, and sit under this ancient text because it's a miraculously complex yet unified story of redemption. Although it is. It is that. We are grounded in it because it is God's word to us. It reveals the very person of God. It reveals his wonders. His character, his actions, his desires, his purposes, his plans. And not just for the world in general, but for us, for you. How does he reveal himself in the Bible? You know, it's not just a, a divine rule book descended on the clouds. It's through the story of his redemptive actions in real human history with real human beings culminating in him becoming a real human being and taking real action in human history. That's how he chose to reveal himself. And so it is as we learn of who he is that we discover that not only are we to give him all of ourselves, like the greatest commandment says, all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all, all of our strength, but we also learn that he has given all of himself already. This is why we are grounded in his word. It's the story of him giving all of himself to his creation. But we don't stop there. We don't stop at just being grounded in his word. We, we are then seeking and, and pursuing with all of ourselves to be attuned to his spirit. Intimacy with him is our primary goal. That's what that says. Help me understand the meaning of your precepts. Help me get the Bible so that I can meditate on your wonders. So that I can know you, who you really are. Intimacy with him is our primary goal. And so the Spirit 
You know, the Spirit is the one who not only saw or oversaw the writing of this word, the Spirit is the one who helps us understand and apply it to our lives, who, who illuminates it to us, who helps us to, to internalize it, to embody it, to obey it. And I'm going to close pretty soon. So in our rhythms as a family, in, in the things we do day in and day out, what we want to do is believe the words of 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says this, All Scripture is God-breathed or inspired and is useful for teaching, for rebuking. So teaching, giving you information you hadn't heard before. Rebuking, helping you understand that your life is not coinciding with the Word. Correcting, Basically the same as rebuking. Helping you understand the way you should go versus the way you have been going. And training. Equipping you. Helping you understand how to live in light of God's Word. So all Scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's why we do this. That's why we listen and sit under the teaching of God's word every single week. Because we're forgetful. We forget. This is why a good chunk, almost half of what we do when we gather, is to sit under the teaching of Scripture. And primarily, here at Calvary the Hill, we work through entire books of the Bible at once. Just start to finish. Working our way through it. Because we want to know what the word says on its own terms. We don't want to read into the text what we kind of want to learn about. We want to learn about what it says. And that's going to apply to our lives. But the cool thing is that through the Holy Spirit, Scripture doesn't just shape our understanding of who God is. You know, it doesn't just help our minds understand who God is. It helps shape our response. It shapes our desires. It shapes us into the people God is making us to be. If our vision is to be formed into this family, what is doing the forming? This. In the Spirit. So that's our teaching ministry. Amen? All right. I'm going to get off the stage because next we're going to hear from Sarah about our our worship ministry, congregational worship. Hi again. So we were asked uh, to keep this about five minutes, so I'll make my five minutes shorter than Nick's just was. Come on, what was that? (laughs) Just kidding. I mean, I'm not. I will keep it shorter. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm here uh, to talk about the worship ministry. I am so blessed to to get to, here we go, sorry, 
I'm so blessed to get to serve uh, in that capacity alongside Ray, our other worship leader, and then so many members of our um, congregation. We have so many of you who are musically gifted, and it's just such a blessing to have all of you um, here um, to help worship. Ultimately, the most important thing, the reason why we do what we do, um, is we are called to worship um, the Lord in a response to our faith and in a response for what the Lord has done for us. Um, Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Um, so that's the biggest part of why we do it. You know, um, It's so important to have the word as a basis for our knowledge to understand why we do what we do. Um, but for so many of us, including me, um, music is an emotional, fully just physical. It's all encompassing. It encompasses everything we talked about in, in Mark 12. Um, it's your heart, your soul, your mind, even your strength as you choose to sit or stand or lift your hands or bow your head in worship. It, it encompasses all of those things. Um, so the biggest way, um, that I focus on those two, those first two elements that we talked about being grounded in God's word and being attuned to God's spirit is, it happens first and foremost in, in song selection, um, which is just really important because there's so many wonderful, amazing worship songs out there available to us, um, in today's day and age. And so many of those relate for each person differently and individually, but I, I do think it is so important as a church that we focus on songs that are lyrically, um, theologically sound and focus on God's character. Um, music has a way of resonating with us and sticking with us throughout the week, and we find ourselves singing those songs, so it's important that we're kind of coaching ourselves and talking hyping ourselves up and talking ourselves, reminding ourselves of what we're doing here and of what the purpose God has called us to and that those things line up with, um, with God's word. Um, and then in being attuned to God's spirit, you know, in choosing those, those songs, it's the same thing, choosing things that complement the week's teaching and the week's scripture, trying to stay focused and keep keep a, a focused mentality there um, and just largely trying to choose stuff that doesn't distract um, from whatever God is doing. You know, God is ultimately getting to use us and use our gifts, but it's it's most important that he's magnified um, in the process. So just trying to choose things with pacing and energy that doesn't distract from any of that and just keeping it really prayerful, um, both individually and corporately prayerful as to what we're talking about for the week for the teaching but then individually sometimes just I coming up here for worship for me as a is an individual experience getting to kind of lay down my burdens too um and not have to put on that happy face that we're talking about right um so yeah ultimately it's it's an expression of of service to our body and my prayers that the whole worship team um has that same mentality around it and that the focus really isn't on the gifts that God's given us, but um, just that Christ is magnified in what we're doing here and that 
um, his word be lifted high, and that's that's where we where our hearts can rest, and um, it's just an opportunity to turn off our brains and all of our anxieties and everything going on, and just just rest and worship. Uh, okay, yeah, that's it. Did someone time me? <laughs> Uh, Tiffany Washington is going to come up and share about uh, the prayer and worship, especially the monthly prayer and worship nights that we've been having. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Tiffany. Um, Unlike Sarah, I'm not prepared, but (laughs) I want to use this time because I'm not going to be here next Saturday for the No Talent Talent Show, so I'm going to do that at the same time when times are when you actually don't need to pay attention to what I'm saying. So um, I'm Tiffany. I co-lead prayer and worship nights. They're monthly the first Thursday of the month at 6.30. And unlike Sarah's worship nights, you can come and be completely tone deaf and welcomed with open arms. I wanted to share one of the the best moments that I remember about prayer and worship nights. Um, we were all next door in the parsonage and singing, and I could hear everybody being completely tone deaf, and then maybe two people who could actually sing. But as I was looking out of the window, I noticed that um, people were walking by and looking inside and seeing our hands raised to Jesus, um, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. Okay, so uh, prayer and worship. When we think about prayer, a lot of times we meet and we say, hey, what's on your heart? What's on your mind? How can we lift you up as brothers and sisters in Christ? Because that's what we're doing on Thursdays. But when we think about prayer, we also need to remember that sometimes it's not about asking God for something. It's not about asking God to fix something, but just thanking him for who he is, that he's alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the author and finisher of our lives, that all things are working together for the good of his people, and he loves us. And that gives us an opportunity to do that. And then we also sing songs together. And um, Amy and I, we typically pray over themes that we feel that we are seeing, whether in our community, in our church, or in that prayer and worship team or group when we're meeting. So we also read scriptures together and get to pray over that into the lives of each other. Um, We get to pray for the church and then also the community. Um, So we invite you guys to join us during prayer and worship nights. And here's my talent. Don't know what you're doing on a Thursday night, 6.30 p.m., first Thursday of the month. Come on down next door to the parsonage. It's going to be party, party. In fact, it's Amy's birthday on October 5th. So come on down, pray and worship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Boop! That was amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Brittany Lavelle is going to come on up and share about our home group ministry. Gosh, I'm after that girl. (laughs) Yikes. Okay, um, so my name's Brittany. Um, I've been a part of a home group for almost 10 years. Um, and I've led one for four, at least four years that I can remember. Um, yeah, it's been a lot. Um, so what is home group? It's a time for us to get together. 
usually once a week to fellowship, to pray, and to study God's word. Um, and I would say the reason why I am so in love with home group and why I've chosen to have it be my main outlet of mission is because I feel that I have a gift for hospitality. I'm just going to say it. I'm g- <laughs> um, but I love creating a space for people to come, feel at home, feel like they have family, and have it be a safe place for them. And it's regardless of where your actual home life is. Um, and I consider it one of life's sweet joys to sit around a dinner table, to have a home-cooked meal, and to have conversation and community. Um, and I keep choosing to do it year after year, because remember, it's been almost 10 years, um, because the amount of fruit that I've seen from it and the richness of the family that I now have, I feel like I have such deep relationships with a lot of the people here in this church. Um, so how are we grounded in God's word? Well, um, so home group is the place where we encourage each other to live out God's word not just read or study it, even though that is what we do as well. We share our daily life, be it big or small. We share our highs and lows. We practice calling each other out and keeping each other accountable. That's hard. We also practice celebration and grace and love. And this is where the church family that the Bible talks about becomes a real thing. Um, I have personally seen how home group has opened the door to serving others, as the Bible calls us to do, by providing a bed when needed, helping a brother or sister out with rent when rough times hit, or bringing food and medicine when they're sick. Um, I've also been humbled, and I've been served, um, as uh, as I've seen people in my home group, (coughs) excuse me, um, offer a shoulder to cry on. Um, Things are hard for me too, and so it's nice to have community to be there and support me. But my favorite way of receiving support is when you do the dishes. (laughs) I love those snaps, love those snaps. Okay, Um, and then how are we attuned to God's spirit? Well, flexibility is really important in a home group. Um, The makeup of a home group doesn't always look the same year to year, and even month to month, it can change. So it's important to lean in and listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, 2020, like the beginning of like when we really had to listen to the Holy Spirit, like I I felt it the most then, that was COVID, right? And what did we do? We said, okay, health is important, physically and socially and mentally, spiritually, all over. So what are we going to do? We're going to be flexible, and we're going to press into this calling that the Holy Spirit put on our heart to meet in person, but in small groups. And that's going to be our pod for the whole COVID year. Um, Yeah, our little COVID pods, I think. I think that's what we called it. I can't remember. Um, 2021, that was a couple years ago. There was a feeling of needing more intentionality in prayer and in the Bible study. 
So what did we do? Instead of trying to cram fellowship, prayer, and Bible study all in one week, we'd separate it out and we'd say, let's spend this week and let's do an hour in prayer, just praying for an hour. It's, 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 it can be challenging at first to like sit there and you've got like 10 people going, okay, who's going to pray next? Should I say something? I don't know. And then you're surprised by the end of the year. It's like an hour is not enough time. Um, and then we also, we'd have another week where we would say, okay, this is our time of doing Bible study. And it would be intense. We're asking like really hard questions. We're challenging each other. Somebody says, I think this is what the scripture is saying. And then somebody else will say, are you sure you think that? That's hard. Conversations like that are hard, but you can do that because you have the safe place of a home group to do that where you know you're loved. Um, last year, we felt like a big push for community and being intentional in that, and so we introduced having a meal, and so a, a majority of our time was fellowship around a meal and people doing the dishes. It was great. <laughs> um, and in this next year, we're going to press more into what the Holy Spirit has for us as well. So home group is just about to start. We don't even know what it's going to look like, but even month to month, we'll keep praying. We'll keep asking the Holy Spirit, what is it that you want for us? Um, yeah, so it'll, it'll look different every year, and it'll look different for each group, and that's what's really cool about it, is that you know that the Holy Spirit is working that way, and my encouragement to you is um, join a home group, because that's where you can get your real family time in. I mean, Sunday you have a large family, but I'm not going to be able to have a deep, vulnerable conversation with everyone on a Sunday morning. I have that in my weekly home group. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you in this way. You get what you put in. So if you're willing to do the dishes, you get the blessing of serving others. If you're willing to be consistent, you get the blessing of hearing your name called out when you enter our front door. Hey, it's Kai! And then everybody, Kai! It's cool. You walk in feeling like a celebrity. If you're willing to be vulnerable, then you get to see the blessing of others' vulnerability. And if you're willing to love, then you will be loved deeply. That's it. Thanks, Britt. All right, uh, Luann and Anna are going to come up and share about women's discipleship ministry. Well, one of my earliest memories of women's ministry was... Um, starting out a Thursday morning, going to Bible study, women's Bible study. And this was many years ago, and I had a little toddler who I wasn't sure where he was and found him behind the dryer. And I was like, oh, man, how am I going to get out the door? He's stuck behind the dryer. Well, he was not stuck. Um, but in those few minutes, he was just, you know, didn't, didn't want to get out from behind the dryer. But in those few minutes, I remember thinking, oh, this is a good reason to not be able to make it, you know. <laughs> and, um, and over the years, I've had those other reasons. And, um, but I'm really glad that day I went. 
and I was blessed, and it was the start of a really great year and many years in that study on the Thursday mornings, and and so, yeah, I thought I would just share that. And um, in, in considering the question, why women's ministry, why do we do this, we came up with a vision statement, and so I think it's on, do you have it on the screen? And I will read it for us. To develop deeper relationships with God and each other, to foster Bible-centered learning, and to cultivate lives of prayer, play, service, and spiritual growth through discipleship. So I just wanted to touch base on discipleship. Um, the, the Bible talks about a disciple as a learner of Jesus, a follower of Jesus who um, sits at his feet and grows, and um, a learner, a disciple is also someone who leaves other things behind, some things that are good but not best. And so as women and at Calvary the Hill, we learn together, we sit with Jesus together, we're on the journey together as disciples, and we also um, cheer each other on in the things that we're willing to leave behind in order to follow Jesus. So... Um, yeah, what else do I want to say on that? Um, oh, yeah, in everything we do in women's ministry, Jesus is the focus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I'm going to dive into a couple specifics about what this is going to look like this year. What do we have up our sleeves? Let me tell you. So there's a few events that we are planning um, for the women's ministry. There's three events I want to touch on briefly, um, but these are just the beginnings of these things, so stay tuned. One um, thing we're going to do in November, we have the date as November 11th, so just keep that in your minds, is a service day. So we want to gather as women and pour out in our community. We actually, we just started talking about this, so we don't know where we're going to serve or who we're going to serve, but it'll be in the community. So if you have ideas or you're connected to um, a group or somewhere where you think you could, we could serve as a group, come talk to us. That's one. Um, we're going to do in the winter, in the midwinter, a morning Saturday gathering that's going to be centered on teaching and worship um, and some kind of delicious pastries uh, yet to be determined. Um, in the summer, so we've also seen that a lot of us love to be outside um, together and do outdoor adventures. So we're going to do some kind of hike in the summer. So that's that's coming up. But we have all these ideas because we just like being together um, as women. And the, uh, the last thing I want to touch on, so these are, those are just some, some events, but we also are going to do a Bible study um, probably starting in midwinter in January because um, we all need things to look forward to when it gets dark, right? And I personally was, am looking forward to this, and I'm going to just spend an extra little minute on women's Bible study because I'm so excited about it. Um, so this will essentially be a group that commits to each other to study a book of the Bible together. Um, and we, so that verse in Mark 12 that we looked at, it says to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And I want to zoom in on that word mind. How do we love the Lord with our minds? Um, with our intellect. So often we measure the health of our 
relationship with God by our feelings, how we feel when we're in the word. But as we've talked about multiple times today, like our feelings can go up and down. Um, and God also calls us to love him with our minds. One of the ways we can do this, of course, is on Sunday morning. We come, we sit under teaching, but we can also press in and do this throughout the week um, in Bible study. And when we study the Bible, and we've already talked about this, Nick, but we, we do this thing called building biblical literacy. And I know that sounds really exciting, but it really is. It's so cool. Um, it's biblical literacy is growing in understanding of what the whole Bible says about God and about you. Um, as Jen Wilkin puts it, biblical literacy stitches together a patchwork knowledge into a seamless a patchwork knowledge into a seamless garment of understanding. So have you ever wondered, like maybe out loud or maybe to yourself, like why does the God in the Old Testament, why is he so mean? Like, have you ever thought that? Or what does the Mosaic law have to do with me? Does it connect to my life today? What, are, what about all these promises made to Abraham? That was a long time ago. These are all good questions, and struggling through them to find answers through diligent study with the help of the Holy Spirit who wants to reveal Christ to us builds this biblical literacy. And when we do this together, like not just on our own, um, rather than in isolation, so much good stuff happens. So for one, I actually do the work. If I'm going to do this in a group, I'll actually do the homework because there's someone saying, hey, what did you say for this question? I had a hard time with it too. Um, and then also, like, although the goal of this group will be Bible study, when stuff comes up in life and life is hard, you're already in close community, similar to, to home group in that way, um, where you can be there to support each other and be vulnerable and encourage each other. Um, and lastly, um, when we build biblical literacy, we are more likely to be able to answer the challenges that come to our worldview, whether it's the culture that's asking, whether it's us that's asking these questions, good questions internally, um, whether it's friends. So rather than crumbling and falling away from the Lord, um, we can press in to the God who's so good and so true and beautiful. So um, that's, that's the end of that. Okay, so um, I... Also, so we have these events, Bible study, but I want to just say there are other things that, ladies, you're passionate about and want to invite people into. Please do that. I know um, Tiff has mentioned a card-making night, so there's that. Stephanie has been excited about, um, and I am too, about this Women's Weekend happening in Malibu in September. I know that's a ways away, but, like, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do? Invite um, and um, invite us into it. So, yeah, those are the, the details. Yeah, so we just want to uh, welcome y'all women to all of these events throughout the year, regardless of whether you're just learning about Jesus, whether you, um, um, wherever you are in your age or stage of life, um, whether you need something unique that you want to bring and to to us as as women at Calvary and um, so that we can learn and grow and play and pray and serve together this year. Yeah, thanks. All 
All right. It was good times. Um, so next week, we're going to move on to that second greatest command, which Jesus said is to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and so we're going to look at how we do that together, um, both, both love within and love without. Um, and so I'm looking forward to hearing from the deacon ministry and the outreach and community lunch and um, men's ministry and, and kids ministry, too. Um, so we're going we're gonna to hear about those next week. But, but yeah, it's, it's an honor. It's a joy. It's, it's a privilege, actually, to be able to gather with others to love God. It's fun to worship God. It's, it's the life that God made for us is to worship him. It's, it's true life. Like, you want to truly live Worship God with your whole self. But it's even more fun when you get to do it alongside others and to be lifted up um, doing it together. So as the fall sets in, I want to just encourage you to, to do your own reassessment of your rhythms. You know, what are you pouring energy into? What's, what's become so normal that you haven't, haven't reexamined it? Um, yeah, reassess and realign them according to this first command, to love God, to put our love of God first in everything we do. He has surely earned it, has he not? Amen. Let's pray. Your Father, we, uh, we just thank you for your love for us. Thank you that the thing you want most from us is love, is a relationship, is for us to to draw near and, and experience who you are in relationship. Uh, to, and just like Brittany said, it, the more we put in, the more we get, Lord. The more we pour ourselves into you, the more life we get to live. Uh, and that is just so true. And I, I pray over each person here this morning, um, wherever they're at with you, I pray that they'd be able to take another step of faith toward you in order to experience that love that you have for them. And help us, Lord, to, to lift each other up as we seek to do that, to, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, uh, to love one another, to bear each other's burdens, Lord. We, we cannot do this thing alone, um, and you have not called us to do it alone. And so we, we are grateful that you've given us this family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're just going to spend the last portion of our service in response, and we do that like we learned today through singing, uh, which is physical, which is, which is something we can do um, with all of ourselves. And then uh, Nathan and Tiffany Halgren will be up here in the front to offer prayer for those who would like prayer. Uh, if you're carrying a burden, if you're, if you're having a, a difficult time, if, if you want to share, you know, something you're going through with someone else and receive prayer this morning, uh, come and do that with either Nathan or T Tiffany. Um, if you want to give of your offerings, your tithes, you're welcome to do that here at the box. Um, and then for those of you who have submitted your life to Christ, uh, who have decided to be learners of Christ for the rest of your life, uh, you're welcome to come to the table uh, of the Lord's Supper here. This is ob obviously something else we do on the regular, uh, a rhythm that we do to remember uh, 
As Paul said, every time we take communion, every time we, we put the body and blood of the Lord symbolically into our, into our bodies, we are proclaiming his death until we come. We are doing it in remembrance of Christ, as he said. And so you're welcome to come do that during the worship time as we continue to respond in worship with all of ourselves. Amen.